If your work league is a cakewalk and you're a three-time champ in your friends and family league, why not grow a set and take on some real competition? The Sleeper Wire Pro-Am is the next big challenge for you so-called fantasy experts. The Pro-Am pits fantasy industry professionals like the Fantasy Football Fellas, Eat Sleep Fantasy Podcast, Marcus Grant from the NFL, and Roto expert Jake Seeley against you, the listener. Guaranteed to be one of the most fun, active, and competitive leagues you'll ever be in, here's how to get into the Pro-Am. Visit sleeperwire.com forward slash pro-am. Read about our cause and make a donation to our charities GoFundMe to help our friend Rob overcome chronic Lyme disease. For every $10 denomination you donate, you'll get one entry into a raffle to become a listener manager. So, donate $30, get three chances. Just make sure to fill out the form on the webpage so we can keep track of your entries. We'll do the drawing close to the season start and get you in a league that you will love against your favorite experts and fellow Sleeperwire fans. Visit sleeperwire.com forward slash pro-am today. You better be ready to win that 2018 Dynasty Championship. Because if you aren't, turn off this damn show now and stop wasting your time. Welcome to the Dynasty Wire. I'm your host, Drive Genius, and all we're discussing today is how exactly you're going to win that championship. My preferred method is the trifecta strategy, which I will be going really in detail in, leaving no questions to the imagination. Hopefully I hit all points on the head. First off, what is the trifecta strategy? It's basically the rules of selling. Always be closing. A, B, C. Always be closing. A, B, C. Always be closing. You want to close all deals, okay? Trifecta strategy is about getting three elite players at each position. You want to close these deals. That's what we need to do. Don't let them linger in the win. Don't let them just stay there. You want to close these deals. Get your elite players, stack up, rack up, and then get the championships. That's all we're here for. I want my trophy and I'm out. That's what I do. That's what you need to do. So, beginning. Trifecta strategy. What is it? Basically, you ask yourself the question. You're walking into a dynasty startup. Some people who listen to this never play Dynasty. They're just listening for shits and giggles, which is fine. That's totally fine, okay? I want all your shits and giggles from me. I'm the shits and giggles man. You listen to me for them. So, how do we compose the best squad and keep it going? Well, basically, it's just a redraft every year, except it's strictly rookies in that player pool. So, we're composing the best squad by evaluating these rookies year-round because Dynasty is a year-round thing. If you don't have time for football year-round, then just watch it on TV. Don't even dabble in fantasy because you're not going to win a championship playing for a fourth of the year. You want to keep that team going, okay? So, first, you gather a good ratio of first and second rounders, okay? A rookie draft consists of... Three rounds all the way to seven rounds sometimes. Shit, all the way to ten rounds if you're going really deep and got a practice squad. So you get a good ratio of first and second rounders. Whether that's two first rounders and a second, a first and two seconds, 
three firsts or three seconds or any combination you could think of. You want three picks in those first two rounds because that's the most prominent rookies. That's the best rookies that you can get. That's the most boom. You saw that rookie hit? He just hit. And it's week one. That's what we need. We need rookies like that, and you only get them in those first two rounds unless you hit on a miracle like Tariq Cohen was last year, Kareem Hunt for some of you, even Patrick Mahomes last year you got in the late rounds. I think he'll be a top-five quarterback potentially this season if everything goes according to plan for him, but that's a whole nother show. So after you have the three picks in these first two rounds, in these rounds you want to target specifically in this order based on scarcity. This isn't saying one position is better than the other to choose. This is just based on scarcity of a draft. What usually tends to go first? You want to target a running back first. Get you one of those elite running backs. There's usually elite five no matter the draft class. You hit running back. Then we hit wide receiver because you know you got to get one of those top tier wide outs. Those are the ones that usually become stars. The ones that go high. Not no Mike Williams. Not no Juju. You want that Corey Davis. He might not have hit the first year, but keep him. Or better yet, trade for him. That's all you got to do. I'd take Corey Davis any day above some of the receivers that are going in the fourth round. Because this guy's career in Dynasty is going to be better than some of those immediate contributors in the fourth round who might have an ADP of eighth round next year. Next, I'm going for a QB. I want that elite QB. I want to stack up elite QBs because eventually QBs retire and people are always in the market for a QB. I want that Jared Goff, Carson Wentz whenever they first came out. If you didn't get either one of them, you were screwed. Basically, you were screwed because those are two top fantasy quarterbacks in that class. And the ones that went in the late rounds didn't really prove much. Yeah, there was some. There was a couple that proved a little bit, but nobody proved to the level of golf and wins. Whenever you hear those names, you know they're undoubtedly the top tier starter for their team. There's no quarterback battle on that team. You know, you're not going to draft one of them and then stream it. You don't want to do that. If you draft Wentz or Golf, they're going to be your starting fantasy quarterback. And that's what you want to get in the rookie draft. You want to be able to have three starting quarterbacks at one point on your squad. And to do that, you got to nail the quarterback in the face with your third pick of the rookie draft. No ifs, ands, or buts, okay? That's what we're going to do. So, repeat. Hitting running back first, hitting wide receiver second, hitting quarterback third. After that, it's a crapshoot for you. Hit a tight end if you want. Hell, hit a kicker if you want. I don't care what you do. But that's what you got to do with those top three to form the trifecta strategy. Now, the trifecta strategy, everything's about threes. So you're going to see that trend continue throughout this show today. Threes, 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 threes. That's all we're working with is threes. You do the same process each year to bankroll talent. That way, yeah, you get your running back, wide receiver, quarterback. But then, bam, next year you get running back, wide receiver, quarterback again. And you just keep stacking elite rookies, elite young players. That's what Dynasty is. You want the elite and the young. You also want to win now. Always keep that important in your mind. You don't want to just 
stack up on rookies who haven't proven themselves yet. You need a couple proven players. Just letting y'all know that before y'all take this out of context. Now, here's not to say that you can't, you know, switch it up. You know, don't think that running back, wide receiver, quarterback is 100% definite has to happen or you fail. No, that isn't the truth. Last year, if a running back run happened and you didn't want any running back in the first and Corey Davis was sitting there, you draft Corey Davis. That's what you do. You know, it's value where you can get it. It's not just sticking to 100% to the ledger. You're not going to follow the rules to the T. That's not what we're doing. You got to think. You can't just believe what somebody says and let them think for you. You also got to think for yourself. I'm just here to give you my best way at succeeding. And I have 20 plus fantasy championships to prove it. That's what I've done. I've won championships in fantasy. Attack by the threes, okay? Whether that's wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, running back, running back, running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, and so on. The combinations are endless. If you can get value in three of these positions and hit on a quarterback late in the draft, you always have to take a quarterback in your rookie draft for this to work. So quarterback is going to be taken. Hit on one at the end of the draft to where... Yeah, maybe you got Miss Trubisky at the end of your draft or something. That's going to help you out in the long run. Mitch Trubisky could definitely be a quarterback one one day. And if you hit on him in the late round of your draft, boom, you did dynamite in those rounds. Congratulations. Pat yourself on the back. And let's get to the next part of the strategy. So part one was the rookie draft. Part two is dynasty as a whole. Okay, Trifecta strategy has three parts. The rookie draft. Dynasty as a whole, and IDP. If you don't play IDP, then I guess it only has two parts. Defeats the whole purpose of the name, and you can create a name for it yourself. So as far as your dynasty, you want to accumulate three RB1s, three RB2s, three wide receiver 1s, three wide receiver 2s. You get where I'm going with this? Good, because I'm not going down the whole list. That's what you need. Three starters at every position. Because Dynasty rosters are long, man. Those things are like 20 players long. Sometimes I even played in a league with 40 players per team. I was picking up people that didn't even play in the NFL anymore. Just hoping they got a shot again. That's what the situation in some leagues. Some leagues go to the extreme. For quarterbacks, I suggest just starting with two two elite quarterbacks because it's hard finding that third and if you're concentrating so much on a quarterback it takes away from the time that you should be able to get a wide receiver or running back elite quarterbacks are rare but they also can be replaced by some scrub of the waiver wires if one of them discovers they have a season end and injury look at Nick Foles and Carson Wentz last year that's a prime example in front of your face so, the more elite options you have equal the more trades you can make. I'm going to say it again for the people in the back that did not hear me. More elite options on your team equal more trades. Y'all hear that? That's me making a trade right now. Always be closing. You always have to be willing to improve your team. If that means trading your best player, who's Todd Gurley, for a starter that you're going to have at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, then I might consider that. No player is ever off limits. 
No player is ever off limits. You have to make every player available. The only exception I have to this is you pick one player if you have to on your roster who you like the most and you just build around that player as if it is a real dynasty. You build around that player and that's going to be your stud that you're never trading. That's going to be the star of your show. It's going to be the Todd Gurley Redemption Tour. It's going to be the Joe Mixon's fixing up my team. All these corny names revolve around one player who's usually the centerpiece of the team. That's what you got to do if you're really, really that dedicated to one player. Once you have all these elite options and you're making your trades, it usually takes three years minimum to roughly get close to completing this strategy. That's not saying it's 100% going to be perfect in three years, but it'll be damn near better than any other team in your league. And I promise you, you're going to be racking up the championships if you're doing what I say. I promise. Really. That's the reason for the season. Championships. And that's what we want. In order to get that, the trifecta strategy gives you the best opportunity and the best win percentage chance to do so. Once you have, after those third years, your rookies, whenever you started, when the third year hits on a rookie, one of them has bound to be broken out already, or they're going to break out in that third year. Get ready to sell. Goes back to always be closing. Okay, If you have two breakout, then you're going to sell one. You're not going to keep both. Because once a player breaks out, they don't continue improving on that breakout season one of them usually hits a little slump you know and you want to sell the highest possible on the right player choosing the right player can be very very tricky not saying that i'm perfect but i've learned how to make a better decision on who to sell based on the opportunity on the depth chart say des bryant goes to the titans this season for example and Corey davis this season has a great year does awesome but Dez Bryant also has a great year and does awesome. They signed Dez to a three-year extension. Dez is their main target after this year. You know, you see him go this year, say he catches 90 balls and Corey Davis catches 70. Just because Marcus Mariota doesn't really throw to Corey Davis in some situations this year. If Corey Davis breaks out this year, and say Joe Mixon breaks out this year... Joe Mixon goes for a thousand yards, nine touchdowns on the ground, and five in the air. Becomes a like solid RB one. I'm going to sell Corey Davis if I have to make a choice, because the opportunity share in Tennessee will have been decreased. Same as if the Packers bring in a super stud wide receiver. I'm going to sell whoever that wide receiver is that has a great season but hasn't consistently proved himself to have great seasons like that. I can elaborate more on this part of the strategy if anyone has questions. All you have to do is message me on Twitter at DraftGenius or at LADraftGenius and message me on SleeperBot at SWDraftGenius. All one word. So, we got our three rookies this is our third year breakout. We just sold one. Why are we selling them? Because we want to accumulate more talent to improve our roster in other positions. If we have multiple successful 
players at one position and we're lacking big time at another, we need to sell one of those to improve the other position. Whether it's a little bit slight upgrade or whether it's a big upgrade, sometimes sacrifices are what help you get to the golden finish line. I say golden finish line because I like my trophies in gold. You should too. You also want to get more picks. The more picks you have in a draft, the more moves you can make, the more opportunity you have to move up. You can accumulate a bunch of picks and group them all together to look like a great package and pull a smart theft out right there and get a high, high pick. Just the other day, I saw the 108, the 110, the 112, and the 203 go for 101. I want Barkley over any other player I'm taking at any of those picks. So that trade didn't make sense, but I saw how they tricked the other person. That's what you can do to your advantage in the trifecta strategy. Part three is IDP. Individual defensive player. If you don't like IDPs, skip ahead. There's going to be another part to this podcast. For those of us that do like IDPs and a good challenge... The IDP trifecta strategy part consists of only, well, let's start at the beginning. You only start three positions in IDP. Worldly, that's all we really start. Three positions. You got your DBs at the top of the field. You got your LBs in the middle of the field and your D-line close to the line of scrimmage in a real football setting. Those are the three position groups that you start in IDP. DBs, LBs, and D linemen. So defensive backs, linebackers, and defensive linemen. You need to be sure to have one elite player at all of these positions. Whether that's Luke Keekley, Demarcus Lawrence, and Jordan Poyer. Whether that's whoever you consider elite. As long as they are consistently in the top five in points, whatever your league settings are, you need to make sure they're in the top five in points. Because if you can't, then they're not elite. And I won't consider them elite. So you shouldn't either. You want one elite player in all of these positions. Defensive back, linebacker, and defensive lineman. I can't say it enough because people are like, what? Where do I want elite players? Huh? I just said it three or four times. Rewind. Listen again if you have to get it through your head. Once you get these elite players in these positions, one elite player is going to equal two good players' production. So you can slowly build your IDP roster can slowly build by drafting high drafted rookies who will impact immediately if you didn't understand what i just said here's an example derwin james is coming out of this draft okay probably the most versatile along with minka fitzpatrick derwin james will contribute right away to whatever team he gets drafted to you want to draft him in idp because he's going to have the best opportunity to impact fast that means you will have the best opportunity to sell high on him say he has a terrific season eight picks 80 tackles and he's playing safety that's really good for his safety you're gonna go and you're gonna sell high on him yeah he might get better but 90 percent of the time he gets worse players get worse after their rookie season that's just a fact look it up so we're selling derwin james right what are we selling them for? Well, I'm selling them for an elite IDP player who's already proven himself. Because why not? I want a proven commodity over a one-hit wonder any day of the week. So after we do this, we start slowly gathering one elite IDP player each year per position. And this will successfully form our IDP trifecta. That's all we want to do is form this IDP trifecta. 
because that way you can bet on your top three positions winning it at all. That's the whole point of a trifecta bet, right? Betting on the top three finishers. If you can have the top three finishers on your team every year, that means you win no matter what. If you have the top three players every year on your squad, you win because you can't beat numbers. You can't beat having the top three players. If you do the strategy right, you'll eventually have the top six players or the top nine players, depending on how deep your roster is and with IDPs added. That means that you are the championship. You are the undisputed champion. You are numero uno. You are the prime dime of the bunch. I don't know how else to say it. I'm confident that this strategy will work for you. You just have to keep listening Keep delving into the details and keep on winning. That's the motto. Trifecta strategy makes you keep on winning. I'm going for the gold. You should too. There's no point in playing fantasy if you're not playing to win this year. Yeah, you might look at it as being a long run, but even the rebuilding teams are in a win now mode. You want to win now because why waste the whole year? Oh, well, I'm not wasting a year if I'm rebuilding. Yeah, you are. You can rebuild while winning. I do it. I know tons of people that do it. Even teams that win the Super Bowl are doing it. Some of them are in rebuilding years and then bam, they're in the Super Bowl. Or bam, they're in the playoffs while they're rebuilding. So don't tell me you can't rebuild while winning. That was the IDP strategy. A short little 20 minute summary going into the details of it. If you have any questions, again, message me on SleeperBot at SWDraveGenius.com or on Twitter at DraftGenius, or at LA Draft Genius. Depending on when you listen to this, my Twitter handle might be different. So, last week's episode, producer Steve kind of gave y'all a rundown and kind of interviewed me on how this show would be handled. This is a special episode, just because we got a lot of love for the last one. I felt like a lot of y'all deserve this, and I felt like... I could provide y'all with a lot more info on the trifecta strategy because I explained it vaguely last episode. I also have a concept called smart theft, which is when you want to trick the person you're trading into thinking they're making a very smart deal on their end and you're just plain stupid, which you're not because you're committing a smart theft. You're robbing a bank the smart way. You're robbing a team the smart way. This is a great way to take down the powerhouses in your league. You want to use smart theft on them Take advantage of their little trade craze frenzy and get one of their studs under the table on the DL because they're not going to know their studs. They're going to have them on their bench since they got all these other studs or whoever they think is studs. Studs is such a lame term, man. People say, oh, man, I got all these studs on my team. Yeah, Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, Kelvin Benjamin. You mean the Boomer Bust Punch? Is that what you're talking about? Are you talking about the boom and bust bunch? Because the boom and bust bunch, they either boom or they bust. Or they either boom and they bust right on you the next week. And you're stuck saying, how did I end up in this situation? Well, you don't have consistent studs. Smart theft is all about getting those consistent studs. Last week it was Alex Collins. This week I was going to tackle one wide receiver had a recommendation from a buddy on sleeper bot that he wanted me to touch on wide receiver i said you know what this dude's cool i'm gonna do two wide receivers for the dude because hey 
I'm a nice guy, and I think that this could be very, very helpful for all of you making trades this offseason or having drafts coming up this season. These are players you can get at a value who will return higher than the expected value they already have. First is being Corey Davis. So Corey Davis was a consensus first-round dynasty pick in the rookie draft last year. In redraft, he went as high as fourth round in some places, and in dynasty leagues, he went as high as third rounds in some drafts. That's insane for a receiver who hasn't proven himself. Corey Davis posted a stat line of 34 receptions, 375 yards, and zero touchdowns in 11 games. That's basically on pace, which I, oh, I hate the term on pace. Just using this for all you on-pace lovers. Basically, he would be on pace for 500-something yards and zero touchdowns still, which is not saying anything at all. So, why is his value so attainable? Exactly this. He played like he was the fourth-best wide receiver on a team. That's what fourth-best wide receivers get. These are not good numbers. I think even Seth Roberts had a better season than him. Could be mistaken. I'm sorry if I'm wrong on that. I'm not looking up Seth Roberts' stats for this. Corey Davis' last game healthy, however. Six receptions for 91 yards. That's pretty good. That's wide receiver one stats. If you add a touchdown to that, let's see, that's 15.1 plus a touchdown, four-point touchdown, so 19.1, or 21.1 if it's a six-point per touchdown league. That's really good production. I think Mariota trusted him at the end of the season. Yeah, he had that good game. Next game he played, had two passes thrown to him, didn't catch him, got hurt during the game. Didn't play the rest of the season. You can get Corey Davis right now for the cheap, cheap, cheap. I've seen Corey Davis go straight up for Mike Williams, and I will 100% take that Corey Davis over Mike Williams. I've seen Corey Davis go for Randall Cobb. I will take him over Randall Cobb every day of the week. I've seen Corey Davis go for Jeremy Hill in the third round pick. If you can pick up Jeremy Hill off of your waiver wire, off your free agency, and include a third round pick for a former first round rookie pick, you should be arrested because that isn't smart theft. That's just being a plain idiot on the other team's part. I saw Corey Davis go for Tyler Higby in a 203. I would pay that too. I saw somebody trade Corey Davis for Alvin Kamara. Corey Davis traded for Alvin Kamara. In this case, I would definitely take Alvin Kamara. This guy is plain silly trading Corey Davis for Alvin Kamara. If you can get somebody to give you a stud running back who is a consensus top 10 pick for a wide receiver like Corey Davis, I will take the consensus top 10 pick, especially if he's a running back. That's what I'm going to do. Another trade I saw was Corey Davis for Tevin Coleman. Let's talk about this trade a little bit. Tevin Coleman is by far the current winner of that trade, but their values aren't so far apart whether you think about it or not. See, Tevin Coleman is in a contract year this year, most likely won't get signed think he'll be on another team next year and be a starting running back in the NFL. This year, Marcus Mariota should be a lot healthier, be able to build a little resume with Corey Davis over the offseason, and be able to provide him with wide receiver one numbers. That is a trade I would strongly consider for the long-term effects on my dynasty squad, but as of now, I would want the Tevin Coleman side. I would totally understand if some of you would want to trade Corey Davis for Tevin Coleman or Tevin Coleman for Corey Davis. I'm not going to knock you on that. Let's move on to my next wide receiver, T.Y. Hilton.
T.Y. Hilton, in four out of six seasons, posted over a 1,000 yards. Let's say his last season with Andrew Luck healthy, 90.5 yards per game. Almost 1,500 yards. That's insane. This is a guy who's uber talented, right? This guy can make all kinds of catches. Yeah, he's not the best wide receiver in the NFL, but I think he's among the best. I think he's definitely top 10. He's not being viewed as a top 10. He's being viewed as a top 20 guy. He's being taken at 38th overall, basically, is his ADP right now. Beginning of the fourth round in Dynasty Leagues. He's the 18th wide receiver being taken on average. I would take him in the top 10 wide receivers. This is a guy who can bring it to your team every single week, especially if Luck is healthy. He has potential to be a top 10 wide receiver. I'm actually going to go get him right after I record this show because I'm convincing myself more and more that T.Y. Hilton is a stud. T.Y. Hilton, just this past year, played with Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, the Patriots backup backup of two years ago. He backed up Jimmy Garoppolo and was the third quarterback on their depth chart. He went to the Colts in a trade, helped T.Y. Hilton get to 57 catches, 966 yards, and four touchdowns. That's 16.9 yards per catch. That's really good with a backup quarterback. If he was with Luck, I have no doubt he would have had a 1,200-yard season and six touchdowns to go with it. Probably around 70-something catches. This is a guy who you can get easily, and I suggest you go get him right now. I saw T.Y. Hilton go for Jordan Howard and Tyrell Williams. I would do that trade. IDP, for all you IDP lovers, Quan Alexander and Preston Brown in the 211 for Levante David, T.Y. Hilton. I'd do that too. Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton, right? So you got that little boom-boom right there. I like those little boom-boom stacks. I used to have that with Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson. Rest in peace to that connection. Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton going for Cam Newton and Jordy Nelson. I'm taking Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton 1,000% of the time. Mike Evans and a third-round pick for T.Y. Hilton and a first-round pick. I would take the T.Y. Hilton over Mike Evans straight up. And the first round pick would make me feel like I am just taking advantage of this poor guy. I'd do it. I would take T.Y. Hilton in the first round pick. Now the most interesting trade that I saw was T.Y. Hilton for Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams' current ADP is 204. T.Y. Hilton is 4.01, the beginning of the fourth round, 18th overall receiver, and Devontae Adams is 6th overall receiver. I think Devontae Adams can finish as the wide receiver 3 on this season. He is my wide receiver 3 in my rankings. He is one of my untouchable players, like I said earlier in the show. Whenever you have a player that you build around, he's who I'm building most of my teams around. I see him developing that rapport with Aaron Rodgers, and he stepped up really big last year in the wide receiver 1 role for Green Bay think that he can be a DeAndre Hopkins type of receiver where he is catching crazy passes, playing through all kinds of injuries, and delivering you on a golden chariot to your fantasy championship. Now, it's not set in stone. Anything could happen. They can make an addition to the roster that in- inhibits Devontae Adams' success. Well, I don't think T.Y. Hilton has to argue with that. 
T.Y. Hilton is no doubt going to be the wide receiver one on his team, no matter what happened. They just got rid of Dante Moncrief. They don't really have anybody but T.Y. Hilton, so he will get the greatest share of targets on the team. Maybe sees a season high in targets. Maybe he sees a career high in targets. This is going to be his year. So I would go both ways on that trade. I'm personally taking Devontae Adams. But then again, if you rather T.Y. Hilton over Devontae Adams, I cannot knock you at all. You're making a good decision with either one of these guys. T.Y. Hilton can be had for Alshon Jeffrey, Doug Baldwin, Demarius Thomas, Jarvis Landry, who I advise trading now because his stock will never be higher than this, and Josh Gordon. I would rather T.Y. Hilton over Josh Gordon. I would rather T.Y. Hilton over Tyreek Hill. I would rather T.Y. Hilton over Keenan Allen. T.Y. Hilton doesn't have the injuries concern even close to Keenan Allen. Get him while you can. T.Y. Hilton is the man. So basically, a rundown, right? I'm going to give you all a rundown so you don't have to go all the way to the beginning. Trifecta strategy. What is it? Part one is the rookie draft. Part two is dynasty. Part three is IDP. You want to attack by the threes, get three positions in your rookie draft in the first two rounds. Whether it's running back, wide receiver, quarterback, just get three of those and make sure that you touch on whatever position you'll touch in the first three rounds as soon as you can. Next, you want three starters for each position three rb1s three rb2s three wide receiver ones and so on that's what you want even if it's you start two running backs three wide receivers and two flex you want to have three potential starters for each of those positions you don't want to have to double dip in your starters for multiple positions it takes around three years so you have to be patient but i promise you give you my word this pays off learn when to sell It's more of a feeling out process and doing your research. We're going to be putting out a special little something for all of the listeners. And it's going to have all of my research in it. I'm giving you this to succeed in all of your endeavors in your Dynasty Leagues. I'm giving you this because you can use it to trump all of your opponents in your league. And there is nothing that makes me happier than you succeeding using the trifecta strategy. Because I know I can succeed using it. Now I want to share the wealth with everybody else. Call me Robin Hood, but I hate seeing those powerhouses that win every year, basically not having any football knowledge at all and getting lucky. On to the IDP part. You've got to get an elite player at defensive line, linebacker, and defensive back. Some that I recommend are Keekly. Jordan Poyer, who's very cheap. Demarcus Lawrence, who's very cheap. I like Keekly. If you can't get Keekly, get Anthony Hitchens, who is my IDP sleeper of the year. You can also get all kinds of little players from the free agency. So don't worry if you cannot get an elite player instantly at linebacker. It's the most broad spectrum of players in IDP, and you can basically find one from just streaming. You'll stumble upon a diamond in the rough. After this, you want to draft high-drafted rookies who impact the game immediately. Bradley Chubb, Derwin James, Marcus Davenport, Minka Fitzpatrick, and even Mike Hughes are all players that I would get in this year's rookie draft towards the late rounds for this. This is the best bet on you having the top three positions on a roster. That's what you need to do. Smart Thefts or Corey Davidson, T.Y. Hilton. Look back in the show for possible trade scenarios that you might be able to do with your squad. That's all I got for you today. There's going to be another show this week, and we have a lot more to come. So get ready for the crazy fun off-season. Enjoy your day. And remember, always be closing to get that championship with a trifecta strategy. (laughs) 
April 30th is the return of Metal Mock Monday. What is it? Well, Metal Mock Monday is a live radio show where we mock draft with the Sleepwire crew and listeners. There's metal music playing in the background. Sometimes I take requests. And we chat with you guys. We chat with the listeners. We take calls. It is just the best hangout on a Monday night in the off season. And mock drafting will help you win your league. The metal music is just a nice bonus. Season launch show for Metal Mock Monday is April 30th, right after the NFL draft. We'll have all the rookies in there, know where they're going. So join the Sleeper Wire channel on the SleeperBot app. Search for Facebook groups. You can find us, Sleeper Wire Fantasy Football Club. Join us on Facebook or just go to sleeperwire.com. You'll get the details there in all those places when we start our show. Join us for the season launch of Metal Mock Monday, April 30th, only on the Sleeper Wire show.